Welcome to Mind Hope, where we want to give you hope for how you can take care of your mind. Uh, my name's Charlie McMahon. I'm with Lori Horseman. Lori is a dementia, certified dementia practitioner, certified Alzheimer's disease and dementia care trainer, certified first responder, dementia trainer, certified Montessori dementia care professional. She has 26 years of experience as a trainer, speaker, 10 years of experience in assisted living, 10 years as a dementia specialist, and personal experience as a dementia caregiver with her very family. And Lori, you know, the genesis of this movement we're trying to create through our church at Southbrook of Mind Hope started really, it goes back to your dad. Right. And again, just in case someone is a first-time listener, even though this is episode three, explain the genesis of why now you've given your life to Mind Hope, as we're calling it with our vision for this ministry. What happened? Well, about 15 years ago or so, um, when my twins were four years old, my dad was diagnosed with Lewy body's dementia, and at that time, my mother was in the final stages of dealing with breast cancer. And I didn't understand much about dementia. Um, it, it, it doesn't make sense because um, dementia is just basically an umbrella term that we use to mean that there's a whole lot going on in your head that's causing memory losses. Lewy bodies was something that I had to do a lot of research on to understand because dad had all of his memories. He had his short term, he had his long term. He had a couple of episodes where his working memory would disappear, but his episodes were false. His episodes were where he could not control his hands to lift his coffee cup up to his mouth. And mm. I didn't think that that was a form of dementia, but now I know. And it took us about three years to get an actual diagnosis on him. And three years? Three years. Because the doctors would look at my dad, and since he was, you know, in his early 80s, they'd say, well, Richard, what do you expect? You're old. And they would just dismiss it. And I knew something was off, and I kept pushing and pushing to get the right diagnosis. And we finally got him to a neurologist and did everything we were supposed to do. But the, the news that we got wasn't what I wanted. They told me that he probably only had about 12 months left to live, which made no sense to me because he was fully walking. He was still walking the golf course and playing nine holes of golf. He was still doing everything. And when he was that an accurate assessment? Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's what Lewy bodies can look like in some people. That's why it often gets misdiagnosed as something completely different. Okay. As you know, misdiagnosed as unexplained falls. So I didn't understand what we were looking at. And I was, you know, in the throes of dealing with my mom, who's dying of, you know, breast cancer at that point and was bedridden. So I moved everybody into the house with me, thinking that was best, having no idea the amount of stress I was getting ready to bite off. And then dad would start um, wandering. But it seemed like he was wandering with a purpose because he always knew how to come back. But then I would be teaching at Miami University and I'd get a phone call from the Springboro Police Department saying, hey, we have your dad, he's lost and disoriented. I'm like, where is he that you have him? He's supposed to be at home. Mm. So the stress started to take on a whole life of its own. You know, here's I got these twins and I'm dealing with you know, my mom and my dad and I'm trying to have a career outside of all of this. So I ended up getting into this um, just so I could understand this disease. And my whole career took a different turn because um, five years after I buried my father, my oldest brother, Rick, was diagnosed with frontal temporal dementia. And so totally different dementia. Totally different dementia. 
So my life took a complete different turn from where I thought it was going to go. Were you the primary caregiver for your brother? I was not for my brother, but I was the, hey, sis, you have the answers, help us. Yeah. And yeah. So I'm listening to this as, you know, as a listener, what's the, what's the chance that this should be relevant to me? What, what are the odds? What's the, per, what are the percentages that say, you know what? I need to be a regular listener of Mind Hope because I need to do some preventative care. I need to be able to have some of the helps that, that we're going to give, that you're going to give if I have a loved one. So what are the numbers on, why should I care? I feel mm. like I'm fine. I, you know. Listen, the way we do things in the United States, anybody listening to this should pay attention. There are over 120 different types of dementia, but doctors won't tell you that. In the United States, we treat it like, well, you know, you get it. Here's your pill. Come back and see us in a year. And we have this therapy. And you're getting old. Yeah, you're old. So what do you expect? But here are the numbers, Charlie, is that we've got people in their 20s now with this disease in the United States. It's not an old person's disease Mm. the way we used to think it was. This is something that's coming on mostly because of our diet and our lifestyles in the United States. We're not like a lot of things, right? Yes. We have, and you know this, we have things that are permitted here by the FDA that are not allowed in other parts of the world. They're illegal in other parts of the world. So you went over that when we had a weekend at church where we we began the beginning of the soft launch of Mind Hope. You mentioned that, and and of course, the the problem with Diet Coke, for example, Mm -hmm. is bigger than we let on. Explain. Aspartame um, is not legal in other parts of the world. It's the key ingredient that we use as a sugar substitute. When it was invented and came out many, many years ago, the FDA turned it down five times and said no. Pharmaceutical company with enough money pushed it and bought it through. Now, what's in aspartame is the main ingredient, and it is formaldehyde, and it's highly addictive. When you consume it, you crave more of it. And the funny thing that it does is it tricks your brain into craving more sugar, so you drink more of that, Mm. thinking that that's the healthier alternative. Dementia then is a plaque. It's a protein plaque that attaches to the brain. Well, what this particular drug does is cause a protein plaque that attaches to the brain. It craves sugar. I mean, it's interesting to watch because true diet drinkers will, you know, they'll order the hot fudge sundae along with the Diet Coke as though one cancels out the other. But what you're doing is you're in a cycle now that's starting to feed that brain exactly what it doesn't need. So ends up happening is that most of our true diet drinkers end up with some form of, and they know this, within usually five to seven years of heavy consumption, brain cancer started shortly after the introduction of this drug. Um, like I said, it is addictive. Most people who do it is a drug. It is a drug. It's a drug. And it's one that we've got to get you off of it. Now, fortunately for me, the minute I consume anything that has aspartame in it, I get sick. So I know mm. that it's in mm. there not to drink that. Mm. Not everybody gets that. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other part of this is that over the 120 different types of dementias are out there, experts will tell you 50% of them should never happen in the first place. We're doing it to ourselves. So it's either lack of exercise, it's through stress, it's through the drugs that we're consuming, the lifestyle. It shouldn't happen. So 50% of them you should never get. So when we see them popping up, we go, well, what did you do? You know, it's the way you consume just life. You know, are you um, happy? Are you an engaged person? Are you a stressful person? Are you sleeping correctly? Are you exercising? Because we do know, and as much as people hate it, I tell people, you know, 20 minutes a day of strong cardiovascular does so much for your brain. But people don't like that. They don't want to get up and do that part. The letting go of stress, and like we talked about journaling, different techniques to help you basically clear your head and take control of your brain. Resetting the way you look and do things. 
these are all things that can offset dementia. As soon as I say that, only 1% of all dementias are hereditary. It's a stunning number. I remember the first time you said that I was, uh, did I just miss that? No. Did I just mishear you? Yep. Yeah, I know. You looked at me like, what? I know. And it's because <laughs> we're, we're told you are a helpless victim. I, mm-hmm. I think that would be the general characterization of dementia is, sorry, it's in your genes. You don't, you don't have much hope. No. You don't I mean, have much hope. Dad's dementia, um, he basically, Lewy bodies comes from lifestyle of high stress. Vascular dementia comes from cardiovascular diabetes. Um, anything having to do with high blood pressure. Mm. Frontal temporal um, can come from lifestyle. Then there's uh, dementias that are linked to alcoholism, drug abuse, um, things along those lines. And then, of course, traumatic brain injury can lead to certain types of Mm. dementias as well. But 120 different types of them, and over 60 of them you should never get. They Mm. should never have happened in the first place. So your odds go up significantly. If you follow what we're going to be teaching here in Mind Hope, it's Mm. not... These aren't secrets, are they? They're they're not... uh, you could Google these things, truthfully, mm-hmm. um, but I, I appreciate the thing about you is taking your pain and now redeeming it by being an agent of healing and prevention and health to other people. And that's what this podcast and eventually this ministry is going to be is, is, you know, and we do the same thing. This is an overlap with Players Box because we do the same thing with Players Box. You know, neuroplasticity, you are in charge of your brain. You're not a victim. I mentioned, again, last, I believe it was last episode, I love Dr. Caroline Leaf's statement, and I, I can't say this from the podium, I don't believe, but I need someone like you or her to say it, that, for example, depression is not an illness. It is not an illness. You're not just this victim like you're a victim of cancer. Uh, it is actually your story, she says, trying to come out. Mm-hmm. Your story trying to come out. And, for example... Chronic depression is linked to long-term risk with your brain, isn't it? Yep. It it is risk-connected. Let's talk about, so sitting in a meeting yesterday, and a dear friend forgot his grandchild's name. And and, uh, and, uh, you've had a talk with him about that doesn't mean you have dementia. No. Okay. So one of the things that we want to do is we don't want to create unnecessary fear, but we do need to address what is the number one concern for adults regarding their cognitive function? What is it? This is crazy because 10 years ago, doctors would have told you everybody's biggest fear was cancer. Now everybody's biggest fear is getting dementia because dementia, it, dementia has no mercy. It's not a disease that we can cure. We don't know too much about it. It's in the top 10 causes of death in the United States that we don't have a drug for it. Because before you go, oh, well, no, Lord, there's all this research. No, understand this. Every single medication that will ever pop up for this disease is going to be 99% ineffective. Because the way you take in information and the way Uh I take it in is very different. So the dementia follows that same pattern in your brain. You can't remove it like you can a tumor because that would be a lobotomy and that's not a good thing. So you can't remove the dementia. So people's biggest fear is getting this disease. And as soon as I start to tell them that the key things you want to look for in normal aging versus not normal aging is loss of words, then right away they, they like, that's it. I've got it. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a number of reasons that you can forget someone's name and lose that. And, and yeah, so go through that. So, so okay. yesterday that happened. And I know based on what you've told him already, <laughs> that's not a sign of dementia. Why is that a not a sign of dementia? I think he's 66 years old. 
that can be a sign of dementia if it's chronic is what I tell people. Okay, so I always give this scenario, and I'm going to play this out. So if you're listening, please don't self-diagnose and pull over. Yeah. Don't do this. Yeah. So I always give this um, that you've been sitting watching TV, and you realize that you want something to drink. And you get up, and you walk into the kitchen with your empty coffee cup. And on the way there, the phone rings. And you pick it up, and it's your friend saying, hey, um, let's meet for lunch later this afternoon. She tells you she wants you to meet her at a new restaurant near the mall, um, and that she wants you to bring the pictures from the vacation that you printed out. And she tells you, please call a friend of hers um, and invite them. And while we're there, there's a new chocolate store nearby, and we're going to stop and get some chocolate-covered turtles. Sounds great. Okay? So you're in the kitchen, you hang up the phone, and you're looking around. Mm. Like, what did I come in here for? Now stop, everybody just diagnosed themselves. <laughs> this is normal because yeah. when you are 25 years old, you can hold in your brain what we 15 pieces of working information. And think of like working information, this is your working memory, like windows on a computer. How many can you open up and it still works for perfectly before it starts to slow down? Now after 25, it's all downhill, sorry. And by the time you're 45, 60, 65 years old, you could probably hold on to about five or six pieces of working information. Mm -hmm. So let's count it off. You walked into the kitchen to get a cup of coffee. There's number one. Then your friend called. You had to remember who you were talking to to get that person's name, so that's number two. What did that person ask you to do? Go to lunch, that's number three. She told you where to meet her for lunch, that's number four. She told you what, what time to meet her, that's number five. So what are you going to forget to have in your hands when you walk out the door to meet this person for lunch? Well, the pictures were the sixth piece of information, so they're probably not coming, and you probably won't remember to call your friend that she asked you to call either. So those two things got dropped off because you remember the cup of coffee. This is normal. That's totally normal to forget those things. That's a great explanation of that. But what's not normal is when the phone rings 20, you know, 2 o'clock, and your friend's like, where are you? You said you were going to meet me for lunch, and you have no recollection of having that conversation yeah. with her. Yeah. That's not normal. Yeah. That's not, because you had it in your working memory, and now your working memory is gone. So forgetting someone's name, forgetting an appointment, forgetting to do something. All right, did you sleep last night? How much stress do you have going on? Did you just put your dog down? Did you have a change in medications? You know, did your granddaughter just have surgery and you're stressed out just a little bit? So your working memory right now goes into what we call critical um, survivor mode. You're just trying to remember what you're supposed to do next. You're not able to hold on to all of this information. So you can't give a fair assessment to somebody like under duress. So when these doctors, and you're in an emergency room, and they're trying to drill this older person with all these questions to figure out, do you have dementia? They're not going to answer those questions fairly. Mm -hmm. It's not an accurate assessment. Mm -hmm. So that is not how it should ever be diagnosed. Okay. Not when you're stressed. When you go to a normal doctor's appointment, now my dad was good at this, because like I said, it took three years to get the diagnosis, but the man was also kind of cheating. He Which knew. I would imagine that's not uncommon. No, it's it? not. Yeah. The man was smart. He knew that he was going to be asked the mini mental exam, so he Googled it. He looked at what the questions were, and he did what anybody's going to do when they don't want to fail a test. He wrote the answers down on the inside of his hand. So when the doctor looked away and was asking him questions, Brilliant. he really did. I admire did. that so much. He really did. And the doctor goes, Lori, his memory is great. And I'm like, he is so totally cheating right now. I mean, yes, he has resources. Dementia is not, you're not ignorant. You still can problem solve. It's just you can't hold on to what it was somebody told you 15, 20 minutes ago. Mm -hmm. So it, that's not a true assessment for dementia. You have to have a PET scan done. You have to have another scan done to look at the brain to figure out what's going on in there. Mm -hmm. And that's when we found his, mm. that it was Louis bodies. But wow. yeah, so your biggest fear of losing words, okay, that's a red flag. But that means you need to slow down. 
and let's start doing some cognitive brain training exercises. Okay. And I know we got into that a little bit last time, but I do want to give the listeners uh, a heads up that we will do a lot of practical. Here's, here are some of the things you can do to make sure um, that you, you know, you're taking care of your brain. I know you have Eric, your husband <laughs> on tell, tell just as a, you know, insight into that. What do you have him do? So everybody has these phones in front of them and they have these amazing applications on them that are actually true brain training devices. And my favorite ones are MindPal. It has a little blue icon with a koala in it. Um, Let's see, Elevate is one of my other favorite ones, and Lumosity. These are just brain games that it does take into consideration. Some of them do ask you your age, and they get a profile on you. Mm. And then they're going to run you through a series, and they hit all five parts of the brain. There's a series of games that come at you. They're timed. You have like two minutes to get these right, and it takes your brain score, and it shows you where you are. Now, with my husband being very competitive, I love this because it compares him to everybody oh else's age. Oh boy. So when his score is only 77% and 100% is best, he keeps going right back at it and doing it again and again. Now, here's what he doesn't realize that I've got him doing is he's improving his cognitive scores. But he's like, look, Lori, I'm 100%. I am this, this, and this. And I'm like, good for you. Did you remember the groceries? <laughs> so. The idea, which is the practical <laughs> outcome that we're really looking for, not that you're winning this, <laughs> but at game. least you're doing the brain training exercises. And I was sitting there with him last night. He goes, "Oh, I forgot to do these." And I'm like, "Well, it does give you a reminder to remember to do them." Yeah. But he does these um, brain games, and you can do them, you know, 15, 20 minutes a day. But this is the crazy part, and this came out in a study that Harvard did a few years ago that 20 minutes a day. Not even 20 minutes a day. No, this one's 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes a day, three days a week, will reduce your chances of up to 68% of ever getting dementia if you do these types of exercises. That's crazy. Oh, that is amazing. And we know this, but we're not telling people this. Yeah. This is not the first thing we do. The first thing we do is, here's your Aricept, come back and see me in a year. Wrong. Yeah. In other parts of the world, if you go to a doctor, they're going to put you on a stringent brain training exercise. They're going to get you... I'm um, doing physical exercises. They're going to look at your diet and start to clean it up right away. And they're going to start giving you cognitive exercises to do three times a day mm. at crucial times during the day. And then it starts, and we've seen this happen. I've done this in my, with my own brain boot camps that I do. I've watched people's scores go up when we thought that you couldn't. But you're right. Your, ball, your brain is a giant ball of plastic, and you can change it and alter it any time you want to. Mm-hmm. Well, let's uh, uh, wrap this one up. You know, I... I you know, there's I, I think some people, you know, like they don't have a savings plan. They're just hoping to inherit when they, <laughs> when the day comes. You know, that's their, and then some people, yeah, you, you can't hold out on artificial intelligence here. This is one of those things. You you, you got one brain. They're not going to be able to transplant that. Mm-hmm. I doubt anytime soon. Nope. So today, this is wrap up. If you have a smartphone. Let's use it for redemptive, positive purposes. Download one of those apps. Again, what were they? Lumosity. Okay. And then Elevate. Mm-hmm. And MindPal are my okay. favorite. But there's a lot out there. And Candy Crush is not a brain training I was going to ask that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's no. not. Okay, <laughs> not no, a game. <laughs> so the hint there is candy. Usually no, candy is no, no. not good for you. <laughs> uh, that's great. And then the one thing you can do today, which I know this really, I very, 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 very seldom drink. I may have a sip of a diet drink or something because of our conversation. So one thing to do today is stop diet drinks, right? Please. Is there anything else that you would say stop this today in terms of consumption? Excess sugar. 
Okay. Try to okay. slow it down. Slow down the sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that is part one of uh, some some truths about dementia that we want to share and just on an introductory basis. We're going to do part two next time. And so make sure you tune in for what will be episode four of Mind Hope. That's Lori. I'm Charlie. We'll see you next time. Thank you.